Powers is a Fury is brought to you by Red Nation Online. Find us on Twitter at Red Nation Online and at OIT Fury. Welcome to a special edition of Ours is the Fury. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Canadian Premier League. And uh, with us I have a long-time Voyager, long-time fan of the Canadian men's and women's national team, uh, James Hutton. How are you doing, James? I'm excellent, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Nice. So where, where are you tonight? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm sitting at home, just finished actually watching the end of the MLS All-Star game. Um, but uh, just trying to stay cool in this hot summer we're getting. Yeah. Huh. So you're based out of Hamilton, right? Correct. So you guys started a new supporters group out there? That's right. Well, uh, myself and a few others started the uh, Barton Street Battalion, um, which is an advance of Hamilton getting their Canadian Premier League team. Uh, When the Spectator came out, I think it was in February, um, or maybe a little before that, Hamilton was going to have a team and they would be the headquarters of the league that was enough for myself and uh, some other TFC fans uh, based out of Hamilton to get together and say, you know, this is something we want to support and move forward with. Um, so that's kind of what we went about doing for over the last uh, five months, six months or so. Okay, well. So for people that aren't uh, familiar with, with the article, I read the article the day it came out. It's the shockwaves and among the Voyager community and, and longtime Canadian soccer fans. But uh, what what were some of the things detailed, and what were the sources? Yeah, for sure. Now, I don't know where the sources came from, uh, only that I would expect that the Spectator has close ties to the Ticats, uh, and the Ticats will be the ownership group of the uh, the Hamilton franchise, which is really exciting. So when we got started, uh, and we had, it, had our first general meeting, and we had some articles put out on ourselves and, and all that, good stuff. The Ticats actually reached out to us and said, you know, we're great that you're here and that you're starting early. Um, we're we're going to come out to the meeting and meet with you guys, which was uh, fantastic in its uh, own right. So I'm assuming, you know, the sources sort of came from the Ticats there uh, based on uh, what will be coming up about the league. I think the article mentioned maybe around eight teams. I feel like the number's a little up in the air based on how many investors they can get, but it'll be a 2018 launch and I would expect that an official announcement will probably be coming soon as we're nearing, you know, the later season of 2016. Yeah, so there's been uh, multiple sources uh, throughout Ontario and then a few coming out of uh, Calgary as well um, about this Canadian Premier League. And a lot of people have uh, been very cynical about its even its existence. But um, so I know you know for a fact that it that it does exist, and uh, and and there's some big money behind it. Like you're saying that the Ticats owner, which is Bob Young, who who made his fortune mostly on Red Hat Linux, right? That's right. Yeah, tech company. Yeah, and I also heard that the Calgary Flames group is involved. Have you heard anything about that? 
Um, nothing that I've heard personally, other than the other rumors that have been circling around the Voyagers that the Flames would be backing a team. Now, if I remember correctly, the Flames were building a new facility out in Calgary yeah. uh, for both hockey and soccer. And it sounded like the soccer field was also going to be able to be converted to football in a very short amount of time. So that, to me, is a bit of an indication that that will, that will be the ownership group. Right, which is very close to downtown. If you're familiar with Calgary, it's uh, by the Greyhound Station. Uh, so just north of downtown there. So like that's walk- good. I'm, walkable from downtown. That's good. I think location is going to be huge for these stadiums. Uh, as we sort of started talking to their supporters groups about how to get started and get scarves and tips and all that good stuff, one of the big things I heard was, including from uh, your group as well, was the location of the stadium was huge. The level of play in the league was big, all in terms of drawing fans. Yeah, if if the Ottawa Fury were based in Canada, like the, the originally uh, the, the Senators owner, Melnick, had a bid in for an MLS team back when it only cost $10 million to get an MLS team. Right. And uh, the city didn't approve the stadium plans or wouldn't help out with it. And it was supposed to be right across from the Canadian Tire Center. But that would have been a disaster. It would have been another Chicago fire or... Oh, really? Eh? Okay. Yeah. So that almost did happen in, in 2010, I would say, 2009. And another thing that almost happened was uh, our baseball stadium was almost converted and someone had the rights for a USL club. And and then they just dropped it when the NASL uh, bid was finalized. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, yeah, I wasn't so, aware of all that. That's so interesting. Ottawa's, you know... Always, there's been a lot of uh, soccer attention here. So. Well, I think everything's fallen into place for you guys pretty well. I mean, I was, for the listener's sake, I, I met Ryan out uh, on a bit of a road trip. I went out for the women's game against uh, Brazil that they won, and then I was there the weekend after for a, a tie with Rayo OKC. And I had a great time. The attendances were good for both games. Like, the setup was smooth, very professional environment. Had a ton of fun. Yeah, the women's game especially. It was 24,000 people for friendly, which was wonderful to see. So uh, so getting back to league, uh, so what are you hearing from markets? I'm, I'll tell you, I'll go west to east and tell you what I've heard. Okay. Because we have different sources. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I've, I've, heard, uh, I've heard Victoria, Calgary, Edmonton, Regina, Winnipeg, Hamilton, Ottawa, Greater Montreal area, and Quebec City. And there used to be talk about Moncton, but I haven't heard anything about Moncton in a year. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm pretty much aligned to all that. Aside, aside from Moncton, Quebec, I haven't heard too much out there. I think in terms of guaranteed cities, I think Hamilton is, is the number one. I think Calgary might be up there just in terms of you know, I think based on rumors, and I, I, I'd fully expect Ottawa to be involved with uh, this league uh, and and make the move away from NASL. I think you've got um, one of the directors of the Fury who's on the CSA board. Uh, yeah, John John Pugh he's the owner of the Fury. Well, he oh, was the, owner. the original okay. owner, but now it's a part of the OSA group. But he's he's the man running the show when it comes to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's he's on the board of directors for the CSA, and I would be personally, I'd be shocked if 
you know, his team didn't support one of the biggest initiatives in Canadian soccer history. Um, so I, I fully expect you guys to to make the jump over as well, which is great because then um, we've got you know a battle for Ontario rivalry when the league starts up. But if they can find a Toronto investor, then suddenly you've got you know a three way three way rivalry going on, which is I think that's fantastic. Do you think there's any chance that Saputo would uh, maybe do something like FC Montreal or? I'm not convinced. Well, if I had to guess, I'm not convinced Montreal would get another uh, soccer franchise in any capacity. It sounds like Saputo just a couple weeks ago turned down uh, a women's professional franchise to join the NWSL. Um, So I think if anything comes to Quebec, it's going to be outside of Montreal. And I don't know the Montreal sports market well enough, but I do know, you know, you've got Laval up there and I think they've got a pretty successful Laval Comets team historically. Um, and then they've got a great stadium up there as well that the Rouge or the university team play out of. So I would think that maybe you go with Laval or Quebec city pending investors. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting market. One, uh, so for our listeners, we're just don't let you know a lot of this. We're just on a, speculate a lot and just kind of see what everyone's saying and then you know a lot of what ifs but um an idea that's been floated a lot is uh a second team in montreal that but it would be from a different angle like it would be like the anti-impact team kind of like the uh espanol to the barcelona really that's that's interesting i i like that idea i just don't know how viable that is i think montreal's a tough sports market yeah in its own yeah, right. Yeah, because, you know, you have Stad Saputo, like, it's on the metro line, it's not that far from downtown, and it's it's still still hard to get 20,000 out without Drogba, you know. So Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. And, and I think, um, for what it's worth, I think the impact actually got, you know, their good fair share of um, sports media coverage. Uh, so it's not like people don't know about the team. Yeah, yeah. I don't. We we listen a lot of Montreal sports radio here, and it's all Habs. Oh, <laughs> it's is it? All, okay, it's all yeah. Habs. It's it's, and even in the French, the French media, it's even worse. I would say, like, is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. when, when they're in the Champions League, uh, the last two matches, the yeah. semifinal and the final, it was the first time they were on the front page of some of the French press. Okay. And we're like, all right. And we were all excited. We we're like, oh, soccer's actually on the front page. So, Boy, I don't know how you market a second Montreal team, though, that's kind of anti-impact. I think you've got a good venue if you can you know, manage to rent out, um, uh, was it Molson Stadium that Miguel and the Alouettes play out of? That's a beautiful, beautiful stadium. And it's right downtown as well. I mean, there's a good venue there. I'm just, I'd be concerned with what fans, if any fans are going to show up for a second team. For... And on top of that, for a very Canadian league. Right. And so the Canadian league idea, people always have these, like, what are the big obstacles? People say transportation is a big obstacle. So how how does the CFL deal with transportation right now? That's a good question. Um, I, I wish I knew more about it. I mean, it depends on where you're coming from. If you're, you know, Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal, you're probably taking buses everywhere. Um, and then out west, you know, Calgary, Edmonton is probably the same thing. But then you, you take flights where need be. I think what's actually 
um, interesting and that I mentioned to the Ticats in our first general meeting was if New Leaf, which is the discount airline, you know, goes through and everything is good to go, that's going to be a great cost savings for CFL and for the Canadian Premier League. Um, New Leaf, I think, just officially launched this week or last week, and it's, you know, you can get a flight to Halifax and back from Hamilton for like 200 bucks. And it goes to, I think, Saskatoon and Kelowna and some places out west. And um, it's, I mean, that's, I think, going to be a huge cost savings for uh, teams who are going to have to make that cross country travel. Yeah. And I know for a fact that the CFL, they also have, a, I don't believe they own the two planes, but they, they charter them. Uh, okay. And they pretty much fly all the teams. Yeah, and assuming there's CFL and NHL investment, you know, those are going to be very well-connected owners um, who, in my mind, are going to hold a lot of leverage, and they're going to say, this is our pet project we're working on. You know, we're not in this to make money for the first five years or so, or whatever it may be, because it's, you know, you're taking a risk, uh, and these owners know that they're coming in, and they, they may not be making money off the bat, but they're still going to be able to hold leverage with their CFL teams, NHL teams, to get whatever discounts they need, in my eyes, for their Canadian Premier League teams. You know? Yeah. They're going to want to maintain that strong relationship with their sponsors, and uh, I think they're going to hold a lot of leverage. So let's compare notes again. It's What I heard was a single entity, and yep. you have to have deep enough pockets to lose money for the first five years. Is yeah. Did, did you hear something similar to that? That's that's what I've heard as well. Um, I haven't spoken to the Ticats or anything about that, so that that's kind of unconfirmed. But, you know, in my eyes, I think if you're starting a business model that, you know, has failed in the past in Canada, you need to be very aware of what the financial risks are. And I think everyone does. Now, if you're, let's say, Ottawa or Edmonton, you know, there's going to be a ton of cost savings by just paying everything in the Canadian dollar and not the American dollar there. Um, but I fully expect, you know, this was a project of uh, Montagliani with the CSA. Now he's in charge of CONCACAF. I fully expect him to help take care of this league. Um, as I, He's also, I believe, trying to start a Caribbean league. So there will, uh, I expect there to be money flowing down from the Federation in some capacity to really help out with what's going on right so what what about television um we know that canadian channels like sportsnet tsn tvr uh they have to show so much canadian content so is there an interest there is there yeah i don't know if i know enough about tv deals to speak too honestly i mean i think i think the the white caps got it right when they signed their deal with tsn to put to make sure every every game uh, every Whitecaps game is on at least one of the TSN channels. Uh, if you're a TFC fan, you've got to jump from uh, one of the TSN to Sportsnet to Sportsnet to 360. Yeah, you got um, both packages, right? And you know, if you buy MLS Live, those games are blacked out. So it's they're going to need to find a real simple solution that very well might be TSN. If you've got your, you know, CFL backers who can negotiate something with the league, and they've got five channels. Um, to broadcast on. I think TSN would be a great option if they could, you know, swing a deal with CBC even. Yeah. That would be a good option. I think I just think CBC's tried to get out of the sports market a little bit. Well, they've, yeah. Well, they do really well with uh, 
like Olympics and things like that, but they they don't always win those bids. But I remember, yeah. the, remember the old. I don't know if you're old enough, but do you remember the old Canadian Soccer League, like the like the one in the '80s to '89? Like I don't. I, I I'm uh, I'm 25, so I was okay. born in the '90s. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I'm just aged. Not to date you. Yeah, not yeah. to date you at all. But they used to show it on CBC, and it'd be like a Sunday afternoon, and it was great. Like it was over the air. Like everybody got it, and uh, it really got a lot of people interested in soccer when like there was only like hockey and baseball in this country. Especially in the 80s, like baseball was all the way up to when the Blue Jays won their two World Series. Right. Yeah, that was right. And then baseball in Ontario is still popular, but I think it's died off in the rest of the country. I would also expect if you could nail a deal with one of the major sports uh, uh, broadcasters, that the deal would be quite large from an advertising standpoint. When you look at the CFL, essentially all the money that those owners make is from sponsorships from the TSN. Um, and I, you know, I think that's a good model to follow. If you are able to find the time slots that are, you know, reasonable that you're not going to be shafted to, you know, Tuesday night or Thursday night games or whatever it may be. Um, but I, I think if you can make it really easy for the soccer consumer to know that, you know, every weekend there's going to be two or three Canadian Premier League games on, um, and you can tune in and watch those, then I think you're in good shape. Yeah, and a lot of this has to do with demographics, like the CFL. So CFL is one of the major players behind this, right? Like we know that Osei Group's involved. We know that Bob Young and, and Hamilton's involved. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's That, that I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, and there's something happening in Regina. Yeah, it's well, it sounds that way too. Um, I mean, based on my contacts who are out there, it sounds like there's some movement. But, you know, for there was an article that came out, I think it was a month and a bit ago, that Regina was trying to get an international soccer game out there. And then they ran into issues with um, the CFL football lines being sewn onto the field, which is, <laughs> which is banned yes. uh, from a FIFA standpoint, which is not something I even, you know, I've, I even thought about. So that means they could certainly hold domestic games, but you couldn't hold international. But it just seemed weird for me that they're trying to hold, host a women's game or a men's national game at this kind of timing when there's, you know, hasn't been interest there before. Yeah. So there's, there's a reason why they do those things. And they've also like, the, we had the women's world cup and you saw the crowds in Winnipeg. Oh yeah, These games were just amazing. So there, there is an appetite for soccer in the prairies, which if you said twenty years ago, we would never, it would never happen. And I think a lot of it, this is, you know, thanks to Toronto FC, Vancouver Whitecaps, and the impact, and like people realize that you know there can be club soccer in this country. Yeah, well, I think that really shone through with the Women's World Cup. I made it to games to Ottawa and Montreal then. Um, and I thought it was just a big statement to us and to FIFA um, and then, you know, to the CSA as well to say, you know, we actually are a soccer nation. We've got the fans who will show up for this. Um, and it makes a lot of sense for me, which also makes me think, you know, let's say we make the hex come, uh, I guess we would know by September, games might start in November. Do, do you suddenly start giving 
you know, future Canadian Premier League cities games to host. You're going to have five home games, or sorry, uh, yeah, five home games um, throughout the hex. Do you spread them out to Regina, to Hamilton, to Ottawa, and help spark that interest? Yeah, it's 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 interesting because uh, when the hex games are pretty deep in the fall too, right? Like they're. So, yeah, they're two in November, I think. Yeah, and there's so November, and we know the September ones in uh, Vancouver. Right. So, like, how cold is it, and all that, and and we also know that the CSA were inspecting uh, Lansdowne, but it might have it might have been for the women's game, but it would be pretty late for them to be inspecting for the women's friendly. Right. So right. We, we suspect, and we've had some sources that are part of the national team program uh, that said expect national team games, men's national team games at uh, Lansdowne in Ottawa. Oh, oh that's great. So I think we, I think you could see like a very meaningful game in Winnipeg or Ottawa um, or Hamilton. Hamilton, you guys had those two friendlies, right, before the Women's World Cup. We had uh, one friendly with, against England, which we won one nothing, which is great. Um, and then we had the, all of the Pan Am soccer games. So even though that was you know branded as Toronto Pan Am games, uh, Hamilton had all of the soccer matches, which you know did very well. Um, it wasn't just people coming out for games that involved Canada. Colombians came out of the woodwork, and the Brazilians came out of the woodwork, and it was a real sort of party atmosphere at the stadium, uh, which is an absolute ton of fun. So I, and, and the one thing actually I'll say about Hamilton and Ottawa for the national team games I've seen in those cities. And in fairness, that's only been a couple, yeah, you know, I have, Ottawa. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't seen more pro Canadian crowds like that. You go to games in Toronto and you're going to have a big contingent away fans. Now I don't know what it's been like in Vancouver. Uh, I think it sounds like it's been pretty good for the it's most been part. Very pro Canadian Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I think, Again, if if you can reward these sort of uh, cities that will give you a pro Canada uh, fan base, then you know all the power to you. Yeah, and it's completely changed uh, in the markets. I used to go to Canadian men's national team games in Edmonton, and there'd be fourteen thousand people there in Commonwealth Stadium, which holds right sixty. Oh, it's, yeah, it's harsh. It was, it was harsh, but nine thousand of those fourteen thousand fans would be like Mexican fans. And and I'd be at the Greyhound station the next day going home, and the bus was filled with people from Mexico actually taking the Greyhound all the way back to Mexico. Like they, they didn't come up from Seattle, you know. They're like, no, we're going to Mexico. <sighs> well, unreal. you know, good on them. In all fairness, good on them. I, boy. And and speaking of away days, I'm very excited to actually have away days for the Canadian Premier League and get to tour around our great country and see some good soccer. Yeah. That's, that's going to change things definitely in the soccer culture. Cause right now, like you, you have that 401 Montreal Toronto thing, which one time there was 5,000 fans at Olympic stadium of 5,000 Toronto fans. That's right. At Olympic yeah. stadium and like whatever, like 30,000 impact fans. So, and just the energy of games like that are just amazing. So even if it's on a smaller level, like, you know, like uh, 500 fans travel from Ottawa to, you know, Hamilton or somewhere else close. 
Oh yeah, and it's and it's also like you know, you also know that there are going to be uh, a lot of fans with friends or family in the in the other cities that they'll be able to stay with, which makes the traveling far easier than if you're a Toronto fan going down to somewhere in the states, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that again, if Toronto gets a team, that's going to be the Hamilton Toronto rivalry would be the closest in one of the closest in North American soccer anyway. You know, you're 40 minutes down the highway. Yeah. I know when the Fury play other Canadian clubs, like the Whitecaps game was huge because they're an MLS club and all that. But there was also like this, like, yeah, Vancouver. Like, like it's it meant something more because it was another Canadian city. It wasn't Carolina. It wasn't Tampa Bay. That's it right. Was, it was like Vancouver. And you know people from Vancouver or you used to live there or something. And it's, it's, it's just the games mean more. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So a big argument I've heard from a lot of uh, people here in Ottawa is that the level of play will go down. What do you think of that? Um, my understanding is that the level of play will be you know, somewhere between NASL and MLS. Now, I don't know where that falls in the spectrum, but you know, I fully expect... I think actually here let me let me say this in the sense that I think a lot of fans are expecting you know maybe audiences are five thousand or six thousand and maybe that's kind of what they hope for and and that's what's best but I think if you're working on the business side of things you don't you don't build a business model to only have five thousand fans you you build a business model to bring in as many fans as the stadium will hold um, and by that standard, you have to have the highest level of play. So I think to start out, it might be weaker um, as you're building your rosters and trying to get Canadians out of contracts and things like that. But I think within, let's say, three years, it's going to be at a pretty competitive level um, at a very, you know, I, I think the level is going to be very enjoyable to watch. I don't think you're going to be, you know, uh, going after these games and not enjoying them. I think, I think they're going to be uh, very well worth the value of your ticket. Yeah, so there seems to be a lot of Canadian players like coming back to Canada this year. Like a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I, even just today, um, Fisk signed with Edmonton. Um, I was taking a look into that because I do write for a blog called Waking the Red, which uh, does mostly uh, Toronto Sea stuff, but I tend to focus on the Canadian side of things. And uh, out of all these, I think it was eight or nine Canadians that have signed in the last, you know, five months to Canadian teams. Um, you know, that's more than we had seen previously. But what I did notice was that David Edgar and uh, Marshall de Jong, who both have signed with the Whitecaps, had signed 18-month contracts. Which, from now, brings you to the January transfer window of 2018. Interesting. So whether they know about that or not, know about the league or not that will then free them up to join canadian premier league teams um yeah and the, we recently had an interview with uh on the stony monday ride site with marcel de Jong, and uh he was asked if he would play in a canadian league and before the question was even finished <laughs> he he just he got 100 percent serious and he was like most definitely that's great yeah so and like uh, we've heard from other players too, like Julian de Guzman. He, like he's like, yeah, there's a league coming, and it's gonna be awesome. And so, like these players, like they know stuff, and they've been, and they're very excited about it. Which 
tells me a lot more than, you know, like someone on a message board that's for it or against it or whatever their feelings are. It's like, well, these actual players are excited about it. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's fantastic. Well, I mean, to to be on the inside and know all the details would be would be lovely. But I think, you know, one of the big things this league will be addressing is the fact that there isn't a clear-cut path to be a professional Canadian soccer player. You go through some of the academies now, and maybe you can get into one of the three MLS teams or the NASL team, but maybe that involves you having to go abroad and get experience elsewhere in a country that you're not familiar with or you don't speak the language, and this just gives you a place to be at home. Um, and I think that's going to be... I think it's going to be very attractive for any Canadian player to want to play in this league, as long as you know the salaries are good and level of play is good. Um, it'll just be a matter of making sure that these players are got, gotten out of their contracts, you know, in time for the start of this league or or for year two of the league. Yeah, and I just I don't I remember the start of uh, MLS and I even even the MLS in the two thousands players getting paid thirty thousand dollars a year <laughs> like I think team averages were like fifty five thousand like it was it was crazy and and I can just to see how much it's grown oh yeah for sure and like you know they used to they still have markets that aren't that good but <laughs> they they have markets like Seattle that are amazing and Orlando is that kind of because of the single entity model make up for it. So I know, I know we're all excited. Um, this is what we can tell you that we know for sure. It does exist. Yeah, it's coming. And there's announcement coming. Uh, there's a timeline and it's, uh, it's, it's soon. It's before Christmas, right? Yeah. I, well, I would expect it to be before Christmas too. I mean, with, I fully expect this to be live for 2018. Um, but if that means, you know, they're kicking a ball off come spring of that year, you've got to announce the league soon. So the teams can announce their stuff soon, announce their hiring, announce their branding, get players, coaches signed academies all together, which is quite a lot to do in a year and a half. So I would expect it. Yeah. I would, I would expect it before Christmas as well. And if they, there are, I think, good opportunities to time it with either, you know, the the Canadian men's qualifiers in September, or again, if you make the hex, there's some opportunities there too. Yeah, and there's like two years ago, I was told it, it was going to be a mixed league where they were still playing the NASL or MLS, but they would play games against each other, like in a kind of like expanded Voyagers Cup format. And this was two years ago. And those would count as the Canadian Domestic League, and that would be a part of our World Cup bid for the 2026 World Cup. That's what I was oh, having. Oh, having a Canadian League would be a part of the bid? Yeah, yeah, you have to have a... That's part of the things, part of the bid is that you have to have your own domestic league. And that's why the MLS was launched. And uh, Exactly, that's right. And the idea then was, like two years ago, and I believe it's changed, was... They would play, like, MLS teams would play, NASL teams would play Canadian Premier League teams. And now, like, and it would be like, there'd be a Canadian Premier League, but the other teams would also play them. And that would be counted, like, as a league. So it, there'd be, like, two tables. Oh, gee. Okay. Yeah. But that was two years ago. And I've heard from a different source, like, a completely different format. 
Uh, Interesting. Yeah, so they've been throwing around ideas for a while now. Yeah, and they and they want to get it right out the gate, right? I mean, in th- if in theory they could really go to the pure soccer model, abolish playoffs if they wanted to, um, and just go single table. You got one trophy, um, and you go from there. I now I don't know if that's going to appeal to the, you know, the Canadian or the North American soccer consumer. But yeah, they they could open up the floor to whatever they wanted in terms of the setup of the league for sure. I, th- I think soccer purity would be the best. Would be like uh, single table. Everyone plays everyone an equal amount of times. Yeah, and, and my thought too, I mean, I like that as well, but is there also a way that you can somehow get another knockout challenge in there somehow? My my other kind of fun thought was, of course, you have the Voyager's Cup games, which I'm very excited for Hamilton to be playing in that. And my God, when we get drawn against Toronto, I'm going to be... Over the moon. Um, well, we've been waiting. This is our third year. We haven't. That's oh, that's Toronto, true. Toronto yeah. or Montreal. We that's got Vancouver, true. which is like the one we didn't really care about. Yeah, yeah, the farthest uh, away day possible. Um, uh, where was I? Um, I lost my train of thought. So, like the trophies. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at you know, let's say uh, the English league, and you've got. You know, your FA Cup and everyone's involved in that. But then you've also got things like the Johnson Pate Trophy, which is, you know, knockout for the lower leagues. Do you do something with League One Ontario in the Canadian Premier League where they just do a straight knockout? And maybe you do that as a substitute for playoffs. You know, so you still have your knockout games to supplement your regular season single entity. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when it comes to soccer, I don't want to see playoffs. I'm just not interested, like... It's... I, I don't know. I, I don't like the fact that, you know, it it rewards the team that gets hot at the right time. Yeah. Um, but that's all North American fans are used to. I love a good knockout game. So, you know, anyway, I think whatever they decide will probably be based also on financial decisions and what makes the most sense there. Um, what sells the most TV commercials. That as well as, you know, if let's say Hamilton bombs out the first year, they have no chance of winning the league. And we know that for half of the season, there's no pl- playoff reward to, to go for. Is anyone going to show up? You're not going to mention promotion relegation, are you? No, no, <laughs> I'm not going down that line. Um, uh, promotion relegation makes a ton of sense. If you have a lot of money uh, spread out, out throughout the country and the industry, but uh, that's not something that North America has. Um, and if you're just struggling to put a league together and make it financially sustainable, there's no way ProRel's coming anywhere close to this. So, uh, I think this is going to be uh, from, uh, you know, hasn't changed that much in the last year, what we've been hearing, and and everybody's been comparing notes. So, And everyone, everything's... If you're hearing stuff from Calgary and Victoria, then you're hearing stuff from Hamilton and Toronto, and it's the same stuff, and it's all coming from different sources. Yeah, yeah. yeah then, then I think you're in good, and then you're coming from the players, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's a matter of time, which is something really exciting to think about. I'm very excited once we've got a date and we can plan a viewing party for the league and get everyone hyped up and all that good stuff, because that's. That's the one thing that we're kind of lacking right now is you try and build fan engagement. And, you know, we've got a decent group of supporters within the battalion now. Um, 
but you can only build so much if you don't have a team or a league, which, you know, makes a ton of sense. So uh, we're excited to grow once the announcements and the news articles start flowing in. And then you can take off your tin foil hat, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the crazy one. I can go back on the message boards and tell everyone I told you so. It's here. Uh, that might backfire on you too, though. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, no argument has ever been won on the internet. Um, so that's, uh, it, yeah, that's it. That, the Voyager's board is an interesting battleground. I'll give you that. Yeah. So, uh, where can we find you on the Voyager's board or Twitter? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think my name is Marauder01 on the Voyager's board. I don't post too, too much. Um, but for the Barton Street Battalion, uh, we've got Twitter, Facebook, and a website. Uh, if you want to check us out, we've got pins and stickers and scarves in now. Uh, we're working on getting some shirts as well. Um, but uh, if you're a fan in Ottawa or elsewhere and you just want to support local soccer and I think what we all kind of believe in, Feel free to reach out. We'll ship out a scarf to you uh, and uh, get excited for this league together. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. Right now we're all friends. A few that's, years, that's right. A few that's years right. from now, who knows? Uh, we're, we're joking. Uh, we exchanged some scarves and we're like, no, you're not allowed to burn this under any circumstance. That's right. Yeah, no pictures of it in the toilet. Yeah, yeah none of that. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing too is, you know, when, when everything gets started up, you know, pending is there a Toronto franchise? Can we get you know, you know the Ontario's version of the Cascadia Cup that is awarded to the best team at the end of the season? And you, you know, from the battalion, I'd be happy to put some money in from that. And you know, if you guys were too, then suddenly we've got a cool trophy we're handing out. You know, oh, yeah. driven I, driven by the supporters. I feel safe to speak for both supporters groups in Ottawa. I would totally be on board. Or something. Oh, I think that'd be yeah. great. And uh, yeah, and and the bus trips are going to be epic. So oh, the bus trips are going to be great. Yeah. yeah oh, so. for sure. So uh, I'd like to thank James for uh, joining us on a special, I guess, a special edition of ours is the Fury, talking about the future of the Fury. Really, uh, well, pretty pretty certain it, it's going to be in the Canadian Premier League, and uh, yeah, it's. A lot of good things. So we're going to keep reporting on this and letting you know everything we know pretty much as we know it. I usually like to confirm with a second person before <laughs> before we uh, say things publicly. But, yeah. That's right. It's definitely happening. And uh, hearing there's an announcement coming very soon, like before Christmas. So Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. Hey, no problem. Thanks, James. Uh, we're friends for now. That's right. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye.